But I think it's time now that we can get to our guest here, Stella Jeffrey, who has been waiting anxiously. And uh, uh, I know Stella personally, and uh, she's here to talk about uh, evangelization. And uh, you will get to find out that she's an, an, an evangelization machine, actually, when it, uh, when it comes to encountering people one-on-one. And so if you ever see a little blue PT cruiser cruising through your neighborhood, watch out because she's coming at you. Welcome, Stella. Thank you, Jack. (laughs) And thanks for being on the air with us this morning. And can you tell us a little bit about yourself before we kind of get into the interview? Sure. Well, I drive a PT cruiser. It's blue. And that hasn't been going on too long, though. Um, I was born in Strasbourg, grew up in Napoleon, and lived on a dairy farm. Actually, kind of close to where our new, uh, the new bishop Austin Vetter is from. We lived a couple miles apart. So yes, he's, he'll be the bishop of, bishop of Helena. I'm very excited about that. Um, I went to school. I, w- I joined the military. I went to school at Franciscan University and also at the John Paul II Institute for Person, Marriage, and Family. I am married to Greg Jeffrey, and we currently live in Fargo. Right, and you're, uh, would you be considered a doctoral candidate right now with the John Paul II Institute? Yes, I'm a doctoral candidate. Um, I'm working on a redemptive anthropology dissertation, so we'll see how that turns out. That'll be a topic for another day. Redemptive anthropology. Yes. Yeah, we'll spend a half an hour just explaining what the topic is. If you're a human, you can be redeemed by Jesus Christ. Yeah, okay, thank you. Well, the topic of the morning is creating opportunities for evangelization, but um, uh, I guess the opening question, are we really creating them or more so capitalizing on the one that God sends our way each day? Well, it's obviously capitalizing on those things that the Lord sends to us each day. And it, that's part of, the, part of the work that I do or the way that I help myself is that I stop myself to be able to watch and catch those things that the Lord is doing because everyone has opportunities. Mm-hmm. And uh, how do we know when one of these opportunities arise? <laughs> How do we know? Well, I can tell you how I know, right? Uh, it will be sort of this, an internal ur- surge or urge to somehow engage this person in the conversation. And I obviously don't know exactly where they're at, but a question can be asked to, my question that I usually use is I, it's very simple, I just say, do I know you? Have I seen you at Holy Spirit Catholic Church? or whatever parish I belong to, you fill it in. And it's amazing what people will volunteer at the simple phrase of, do I know you? Have I seen you at Holy Spirit Catholic Church? And the conversation starts from there. Mm-hmm. And uh, do you have, uh, well, I guess one of the questions that I have, which might be taking you off, uh, taking you off the questions that we got here in advance, but what is it that drives you? What is it that prompts you to get out there, get out in front like this? Well, I'm going to share the first thing that came to my mind was that there's a reading in Scripture that um, talks about uh, it's better that, I think it's from Matthew's Gospel, where it says it's better to have a millstone around your neck than to lead a little one astray. Mm-hmm. And so that, that speaks to me like you, you better know what you're talking about, Stella. You better, you better pray. You better be sure to be sharing the faith in, in a good way. And then part of me thinks, mm, yeah, but if I would just be quiet, then I wouldn't have to do anything. 
But then there's this other parable that comes to my mind that if you have been given a lot, a lot is expected, right? That the, there's an advantage to the gifts that we've been given. We're called to use the talents we've been given. We can't just hide, hide them in the dirt. I don't remember exactly the parable, how it's worded, but I don't want to hide what I've been given, and I've been given much. Um, one of the priests I worked for was a Monsignor Vetter, and he would introduce me and he'd say, and she has no excuse. And he's, <laughs> she has no excuse to be, to be a screw up, basically, right? Because I came from a good family, I was given the faith early on, mm-hmm. and of course I had a boss like him. So of course sure. this is all my advantages in my life. <laughs> well, it seems to me, you, like you say, we've been given a lot. Quite frankly, I think we've been given the secret to life. Yeah, and uh, you know, and and it's it's like there are some things that are too good not to share. You right. know, have you ever heard that when somebody makes a real nice dessert, or and it's like this is too good not to share? Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And there could people will those of us who've been given much and know Jesus as our Savior, right, and belong to the church. There are people who don't have that, right? They, they're, they're eating bologna sandwiches while we're eating Thanksgiving feasts. You know, I, ca- I can't imagine that the Lord is okay with that. You know, that we really should be sharing what we have because it's so abundant. Mm-hmm. And I, I guess the new evangelization uh, kind of ties right into this as well, where, you know, we're all called to evangelize in some way or another. Exactly. You know, and in your case, we're kind of talking about just one-on-one encounters with other people. Exactly. I'm glad you said the thing about the new evangelization. Part of what John Paul II was trying to teach us was that the new evangelization is directed towards those who are belong to what previously were really Christian cultures. And in a way, they're living off, uh, the, Amer- or the United States culture would be part of that, right? We're living off of the steam of a Christian stronghold that had been here and we are reaping the benefits of that but we really need to share the faith because it it's new because they don't they haven't met jesus christ and we assume that they have yeah it's kind of like the 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 steam is somewhat diminishing exactly you know in in the culture and we need you know a shot in the arm exactly and uh it's kind of up to us to the laity Mm -hmm. i think to kind of get out there in, in um you know one way or the other Right. You know, and but you know, not everybody is necessarily called or comfortable with the the, the one-on-one uh, kind of evangelization. And you know, there maybe there are other means. But like I'm saying, we're talking to you about the one-on-one stuff because this is something I think people have an interest in. It's something that they can do, and it's not really that uh, would obtrusive be the word. I'm not exactly sure, but it's something that you can engage in. Uh, you know, without necessarily thinking you're really, you know, kind of doing the over-the-top kind of proselytizing. Exactly. And, and frankly, you're only going to, if it goes poorly, which it probably won't, because the Lord can, will work with your efforts that you make, it's only going to be in front of one person. You know, it's not like you're on a stage. And I really do think it's the most effective way to lead someone to Christ is to be 
talking to that person in that moment. Okay, yes. Well, I'm just going to stop for just a minute now to uh, remind everybody, thank everybody that you're tuned in to Real Presence Radio Live this morning. And I'm Jack Kennelly, the, the host. And uh, our guest is Stella Jeffrey, who is going to talk to us some more about uh, her uh, evangelization, one-on-one encounters. And uh, so, Stella, here's another question for you. Is there a way we can start our day to be more in tune with these potential opportunities for evangelization. All right. I, everyone will have their own way. What I do is I start with a prayer and just let God know about my availability. You know, something very simple like, Jesus, please help me to um, be aware of your presence today. Help me to take account of the people around me. Right? Help me to have the courage to talk about you. Hmm. Um, the other thing I do, which is really not, it's just a human thing. I know that one of my flaws is that I'm always in a hurry and I tend to be going very quickly from one thing to the next. And so I, knowing that about myself, I just schedule in time to have things take longer. Like it really only takes maybe eight minutes to fill gas, but why not schedule my time so I'd have 20 minutes just in case I would meet somebody at the gas station or you could fill out the blanks for any myriad of situations that would come up. Mm-hmm. So you don't go through the drive-through; you go into the re- into the fast food restaurant. That's uh, actually thanks for saying that. That's another perfect example of yes, I I go in. I I I don't just use my credit card at the pump. I don't generally pick up. If I was going to do a takeout, I would go to the counter and walk in with the opportunity of possibly talking to that person. I don't grocery shop during the super busy hours because I know that the checkout people can't have a conversation at that time or the store peop- the floor people will not have time for a conversation. Uh, the, go this, go when there people are available. Th- th- this is another this reminds me of an- of another term we sometimes hear in Catholic circles too, intentional discipleship. Yes, it would be very intentional. Yeah, especially when you, you, you schedule your grocery shopping around uh, when you think the field might be more fertile. Exactly. And one, another example is that I do work at Holy Spirit on the morning, Sunday mornings, right? and I know that after I'm done with that stint, going to the gas station at that time, the, the checkout people are beyond bored, right? Because nothing <laughs> is happening. Donuts are done. No gas is filled, right? And those have been... One of the people that I do consider that a person that I am discipling, she has nothing to do for this stretch of time on Sunday afternoon. And so more than once, I just go in there knowing that she's going to be on duty and, and have she, nothing to do. And she sees you walking and she's thinking, here comes Stella to light up the afternoon <laughs> or the morning again. We have become pretty good friends. It's been a few months since I switched to this gas station to well, that's, met her. That's great. Well, for those who are listening, once we know that we have an opportunity in front of us, you know, what should we do? What you should do is take advantage of it. Say hello, find a way to find out their story. Everyone has a story, a place that they have an encounter. Um, they might know God, they might not know God, they might have belonged to a church, they might not have belonged to a church, right? They might have some hang up with the with institutionalized religion you just need to find out that place and take that step and talk to them and another one thing you could do is you could just pray with them 
um, a simple thing. If you see someone under, struggling in some way, just, well, could I say a little prayer with you right now? Mm-hmm. I think your wife has been doing that in restaurants. Mm-hmm. <laughs> to a great degree of blessing. That's right. Yeah, you're exactly right. Well, are there any pitfalls to avoid, you know, in capitalizing on these opportunities? I know, you know, when you, you approach someone, you know, about praying with them, there might be a little hesitation at first. Hmm. I'm not thinking of a pitfall that would be other than you need you need to speak, right? Uh Wordless witness is a great thing. We all have heard that statement given to St. Francis, you know, some um, preach the gospel always sometimes use words. Mm -hmm. I think in our culture, you need to use your words because no one's going to conclude, wow, that Jack, he's such a nice guy. He must be a practicing Catholic, right? He must know Jesus Christ. (laughs) No one has ever said that to me. I'm sure no one has ever said that to you either. Um, So the pitfall would be, that you need to just share what you know, right? Hey. Not be silent. Have you ever had anybody react negatively? Oh, of course. Of course. There's people who will just keep on walking. There's people who just say, no, I don't, I don't do that religion thing. Um, so then after, as I walk away, I just say a little prayer for them that their heart would be softened, that maybe the next person, who might be you, would be able to share the gospel with them. Okay. And can anyone do this? Yes, anyone can do it. Okay, you're baptized. You can do 